You're listening to Sunnyside Up, a B2B podcast that brings together real-world insights to help go-to-market professionals evolve and stay up-to-date on the latest trends. Join us as we bring you the best practices and proven techniques from industry experts and practitioners. Today's episode is made possible by Demandbase. Demandbase is transforming the way B2B companies go to market by enabling customers to embrace modern digital sales and marketing with a complete end-to-end suite of products. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Sunny Side Up podcast. I'm your host, Adam Perry. And today I'm really excited to talk to Keith Sampson. He's got 20 years experience in business development, sales training, customer services, And he's got a passion for creating incredible experiences. He's bringing unique insights, ideas, and perspectives to help organizations build incredible customers' experiences. And he's made big change in his own teams, increases in sales results, a change in business culture. That's all done by applying a growth mindset as a foundational building block to create lasting change in business and individual lives. Keith and I have talked a good bit before this podcast episode, and I can tell you that he has got a passion for people and unlocking their potential. And the focus of today's podcast, at a young age, Keith got asked a single question at 19, and it basically permanently changed his life and the entire way he approached business and things outside of business. Well, Keith, welcome to the pod. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, So tell us about this question. I mean, it's such a great intro. You're 19 years old, a young Keith just making his way in the business world you know, break it down for us. Well, I wouldn't even say I was even making it in the business world. I was always working hard as one of the ways that I grew up. I was raised with a great disposition and great work ethic. But when I was 19, I'm originally from Maryland, outside Washington, D.C., so my entire family was there. And I was attending college out in Indiana at a small college called Grace College. Well, when I was 19, I got a phone call or, you know, had to make a phone call to find out results that no kid ever wants to hear. And it was that my dad was diagnosed with Lou Gehrig's disease. That was in January of 1997. And the first time I had a chance to go home after that was like that March, right? I don't remember the exact date. That's not really important. It's what happened when I was at home on that trip. And it was the first time seeing my dad and my family since this diagnosis, right? And you, you just heard like your dad's dying. Like there is no cure for ALS. There's a lot of people trying to prolong it. We, we all hope there's going to be a cure, but you know, your dad just got a death sentence. And so my cousin pulls me off to the side, Ray, and he goes, Hey Keith, how you doing? We can chat a little bit. He goes, look, man, he goes, you have two choices. You can either go through it or you can grow through it. Either one's okay, but whichever one you decide will determine everything. So really think about it and which one are you going to choose? And I knew just because of the way that I was raised, like I kind of automatically was stepping into the grow option, but I let it really sit for like 24 hours and fundamentally made the choice to grow through this circumstance. And I really call that my first watershed moment in life. And by taking that approach, you know, my dad essentially deteriorated and passed away a year and a half to the day after his diagnosis. So it moved through him incredibly fast, even though he probably had it longer beforehand. But when you enter into this idea of really growth mindset, and that was the beginning of my, what I call my growth mindset journey, it isn't just a thing that happens overnight. It will never stop till I take my last breath. But when you step into that, there's no room for anger. There's no room for blame. You know, obviously I wasn't happy that my dad was dying, but everything became a lesson, right? People talk about being a, always a learner. I'm always a student. And that, whether they realize it or not, that really is part of the growth mindset. But when you fundamentally go, I'm going to grow, like literally every single opportunity I had to talk to my dad, what am I taking away from it? 
I know there are going to be other people in life that are going to have similar circumstances or lose somebody. How is this going to help me help them down the road? And it really became about the future and not the present, if that makes sense. Keith, do you think this also enabled you to connect with more people like in your professional life? When you have an event like that, do you think it built more emotional intelligence? 100%. I mean, like when you have, especially at an early age, tragic circumstances, and if you digest those circumstances through a healthy perspective, it brings in empathy. It brings, it kind of slows some things down. It matures you beyond your years. And it really opens up the opportunity to have, you know, that life change, not just happen on a personal level, but it has it 100% that choice changed not only my course in my personal life, but it changed my business life as well. You know, the way that I approach challenges, the way that I approach, you know, even tragedy, both business-wise and personal was forever changed. And I could sit there, we don't have the time for it, but I could list professional, massive screw-ups that I've had or, you know, or events professionally that completely changed the course of where I ended up today. And because I kind of already existed in that growth mindset perspective and that grow thing, again, it was already in me. It was already part of my DNA and I handled it differently than how others might handle it. And I try to spread that to others, right? I implement that in a lot of my training, my talks, my experiences and everything else. I think we're gonna talk about one of those challenges today, a challenge that many companies and many individuals face and are facing still to this day. So let's, let's move to that actually. Your company, just like many other companies, yep. was significantly impacted by COVID, right? It's, it's very disruptive to your business. Um, and in particular, you were thinking about how to handle the events side of the house in a COVID world. First of all, set it up for us a little bit, talk about the immediate impact, and then we'll sort of break down how this growth mindset uniquely prepared you for tackling this challenge. Absolutely. So corporately, I work for North American Bank Card. We're a large payment processor. I think the sixth largest independently held in the country. So, you know, we're more of a fintech company than just a uh, payment processor. And it's, it's a lot of fun, right? My job for the company is I oversee our partner experience, which is events, program product development. I tell people I have the best job in the company. I wake up every single day and try to make everybody else more successful. Why do I feel like you would say you have the best job of the company regardless of what job you have? If you're the window cleaner, if you're whatever, you'd be like, I have the best job at the company. Yes, you know what I mean? Put that mop in my hand, I'm good. <laughs> but no, seriously though, so we had, we had done sales conferences in 2018 and then we kind of, in between, you know, you can't allow your sales partners in this industry to go a year at a time because it changes so fast without introducing them to new products and programs. So we'd stepped into doing some testing like roadshows. We did a couple of them in between the sales conferences, 2018-19, highly successful. So coming out of the 2019 conference that fall, we're like, okay, we're doing one of these every single month. So we did one in December in LA, and this is you know 2019, 2020 hits, take January off because the holidays and the prep, you just can't do sure. it in January and make it like efficient, right? February, we're in Boston. March, we're in Atlanta. And here we are in Atlanta, and March is when everything really started emerging, right? And so here we are in Atlanta. I'm getting ready to lead this in-person roadshow. We had about 40 people show up, and I can't remember which day it was, but the tournament gets canceled, right? The NCAA tournament. I'm sitting there going, yeah. holy crap, man. I've had, <laughs> I filled out a bracket for the last 20 years. This is so messed up. How bad could it get? Yeah, okay. That changed real quick. But so we did our roadshow. And literally how fast things were changing then, this is called, like, I can't even remember the exact date, March 13-ish, right? Right around there. Yeah. So this is like, let's say a 
Wednesday or Thursday. I'm flying back to Indiana, and I'm either in the airport or on the airplane going, oh my gosh, we have these events in Vegas and Miami next month. What if those events get canceled? Like, this is a big part of my job. This is a big part of how we educate and empower our sales partners. And then the second thought was, do I have to be present in the room to bring value to people? Right away. Like a one, two, man, you process fast. <laughs> and so literally, I remember that part. Like I said, I can't remember if that thought process happened at the gate but or on the plane. But I remember on the plane with my laptop, typing up what it would look like to take this live event we had just done. And what does it look like to become virtual? Who do I need to contact? What would I need to buy? Like all of this stuff, right? And so the next day, I think that was a Thursday. The next day is like a Friday. And I email every single one of our, what I call resource partners, right? These are people that have sponsored past sales events, had booths. These are products that our partners resell. And I said, look, I sent out a schedule for and, like the whole roadshow for the year. We don't know what's going to happen. If these things have to go virtual, would you be interested in participating? And overwhelming, the responses were yes. And so over that weekend, literally that's when everything, okay, people started shutting down. Oh, no St. Patrick's party. Like it started moving so fast. It did. Right? And it was like when the wave started, it just was crashing. And so between the overwhelming yeses, then I just jumped on eBay. I bought like a light kit and a couple other things I didn't have that I knew I like on the basis, like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I know I need at least this to make something happen. And so I started putting together a plant and gave it to my boss. And I was like, I think I can do a virtual sales conference. I've had so much support that I think I can pull this off. And here's how I would do it. And of course, with the brand of NAB, we always want to make sure we're putting our best foot forward. And you can't do something like halfway and branded NAB and be like, oh, yeah, hey, you know. So there's a lot of a little bit of nervousness and a lot of, all right, let's wait and see what happens. You know, really lay this out conversation. So finally, at this point, everything started getting shut down. And if you remember end of March into April, that's when we were basically all at home. Yeah, shelter in place. Yeah, that, all that stuff. So I'm sitting there going, we have to do this. We have a captive audience right now, nobody's going out and making sales calls, businesses aren't open, people are sitting at their homes, what better time to really bring value, right? To really focus on giving to others with right expectations. And so on March 27th, I got the green light to go ahead and do a virtual sales conference, a two-day event. And so on April 7th and 8th, we did. We launched our industry's first ever virtual sales conference. It was over the course of two days, did it from my basement. I literally built a two by four. I had to go to my garage and find stuff, you know, because stores were closed. You couldn't buy anything at this point. Built a two by four stand. I had our banner miraculously from our sales conference. That became the backdrop. The lights I'd ordered at eBay and all this other stuff and literally Logitech Brio 2 camera and a couple monitors. And so here over the course of two days, we do 26 sessions with 16 outside companies, two keynote speakers, over 350 attendees, and we charge them nothing right? So here we just matched or if not exceeded the value impact on a two-day event that cost us, besides my salary, right? Cost us nothing. It cost the sales partners nothing. When you compare that to an in-person sales conference that we did just months before, and it just took off, right? And so after that, now I started doing a daily roadshow, like once a month, like an all-day training event, really went into the idea of what our transcend experience is. And it's all about three E's is what I call them, educating, equipping, and empowering our sales partners to maximize their potential. So everything funnels kind of like through that. As we come out of some of the COVID stuff and events start picking up, then you have, okay, we can do an in-person roadshow again. But I can't go back to bringing just value to 30 or 40 people when 150 people are getting it once a month. 
So let me buy some more gear and let's take this hybrid. So now when we do a show, we've got cameras, lights, monitors. I've got my guy, Nate, over here helping run production. So we're bringing value to the people in the room and talking to people in the camera. And you have to make everybody, you have to give everybody a great experience, right? You can't discount the people that are participating from their living room for the ones that are participating in person. And it has paid off in spades. I mean, the potential or the portfolio growth that our sales partners have seen, the ones that participate in these events versus the ones that don't, it's double. It's double production. Would you say you've gotten better at all the things you need to do digitally now, like, you know, advertising these things, creating digital landing pages and like just being more aware of the overall like online experience, first of all, to attract the most people possible, but then also just to make sure they have the best experience? Correct. And in this particular event, this is a closed group. Okay. So it's not like we're putting it out there on LinkedIn or other aspects and any Joe Smo can register and sign up. You have to be within the NAB partner organization. So I let our marketing team kind of drive that. They do the blast emails. I put stuff on our closed group Facebook. What I do personally is I keep all of the attendees and I keep a master email list. And so on top of our company sending an invitation, I always send a personal invitation with the link. Hey, you know, I mean, blah, blah, blah. And so we drive attendance through a lot of different ways. And we generally see, you know, you have the people that register and don't show up, but we generally see 60 to 70% attendance versus registration, which is I'll take all day long. That's well above. I mean, yeah, well, well above industry norm. And I've looked at 10 or 15 different industries. It's not like some industries, they get super high attendance and other industries, they get low. That is an amazing registration to attendance rate. Do you want to talk a little bit about the the decision to go zero dollars? Yes. So the idea behind zero dollars on this was I came along with in partnership with that idea of do I have to be present in the room to bring value to people? And as you started seeing the shutdown take place, I just kind of had this idea. I'm like, you know what? 2020 isn't going to be about making money. Heck, it's not even really about surviving. Okay, it is. And that's kind of where people were. But I decided to make even personally 2020 the year of value. And, you know, bring value to people, be a voice of positivity and let the rest play out. Okay. So why do we need to charge people to attend this event when they can't go out and make money right now? Why do we need to use as an opportunity to drive any kind of revenue or make money on it? If there's virtually the only cost is me doing it. You know, I had two keynote speakers, Robin uh, Phillips and Ryan Estes agree to do 30 minute sessions at no charge. So, I mean, it's kind of like passing along that goodwill. So for me personally, I really went all in on that in 2020. Started a couple local things. I just started saying yes to every opportunity I could that brought value to others and really reinforced the idea of giving without expectations. Yeah, I think, you know, it goes back to your idea of that growth mindset, right? Mm -hmm. The growing in this case is you are enabling other folks to grow skill-wise, like you're providing all the value at a time where that's kind of the only option. Um, And it gets folks out of like, should I sit on the couch and sulk and just survive, right? And maybe watch Tiger King or should I go and like learn something, you know what I mean? And and get some value and then you're the value. And I I think you were pretty uniquely positioned to do that. It was, it's a pretty great story of like how to take a circumstance and, you know, get the most out of it you can. Correct. So look, you already teased that, you know, we're in 2022, folks are thinking about hybrid life and I've handled that. There's another topic here that that I know we wanted to address, and it's really around like the great resignation yes, and sort of understanding, you know, work in the context of how does everyone become Keith? 
right? Like, how do I make sure that I'm getting the most value out of, out of my work? And you had some kind of unique insight into that. Let's talk a little bit about your own feelings about like what it means moving into 2022 and what the lessons we've learned and, and what that means as people think about their own like work and career path. Yep. So one I'll reference Simon Sinek's the whole concept of start with why, right? Really understanding and knowing what your why is. So my why developed over time through a couple, you know, started with the growth mindset and then really my second and third watershed moments in life really reinforced and cemented it. So my why is to change the world. Now specifically, change the world through business because I believe business ha- is the greatest vertical for activating fulfillment and purpose in an individual's life and really activating permanent change in their life. Because we spend more time at work than we do in relationships with our significant others and families. I mean, second to sleeping in our beds, more time we do in church, anything like that, right? We spend more in work. Some people sleep more than others. (laughs) Yes, I certainly don't sleep more more than others. So when you really dive into that and you look at the whole a lot of the rationale and reasoning behind the great resignation, it really comes back to the idea that people don't feel a combination of both connected as well as fulfilled. And there's difference between happiness and fulfillment. I'm talking like fulfillment. And if I have a couple more minutes, I want to share a story. So absolutely. The, the second watershed moment in my life was when I was working for Wildman Uniform and Linen. I was a sales manager at the time. We had just got done completing a five-year strategic plan to double the size of the company. We did it in three and a half years. And I knew the Wildmans did, quote, good with the money they made from the company, right? And so, and I knew the family before I started working there. So I had an idea. I knew about the well drilling tricks in Africa and a couple other things. And so the Wildmans decided for the leaders in the company, we had a a luncheon to kind of celebrate this achievement. And they go, look, guys, it's time you all know more details about some of the stuff we do with the money that you're helping us make and accomplish a greater purpose. And I'm like, all right, cool. You know what I mean? And so I'm sitting there listening to things. Some of it I already knew. And I knew we supported an orphanage in Romania. But what I didn't know is the next story that Karen Wildman stood up and told. So this was back in like 2003, four, right? Around that range. And so in Romania, everything's different. Healthcare is different. Adoption rules are different. Like it's just obviously a different culture, different place. So at that point in time, I don't know if it's still true today. A woman could walk into a hospital in Romania, give birth to a child and literally leave the child and walk out, Right. And so what was happening, what they found out was happening through the orphanage they were supporting in that town was that this hospital didn't have the funds or the supplies to care for these abandoned babies. So on a Friday, they would wheel these abandoned babies into this abandoned wing of a hospital and shut the doors. And Monday morning, they would open up those doors and the ones that were still alive, they would bring back in and they would care for them during the week. And this would be step and repeat, right? Until these babies were old enough to get placed in the orphanage. Well, the Wildmans found out about this through the orphanage and was like, nope, now that we know, there's no way that we can allow this to happen. So the company started paying the nurses and all the supplies to take care of these abandoned babies in this abandoned wing of the hospital. And in that moment, it hit me, right? I remember the color on the walls and everything else. This is why it's a watershed moment. And I look down at the floor and I go, oh my gosh, I'm not out selling uniforms and linen and mats. I'm saving lives. And I never went to work again, ever again, the same way, right? So because at that point I knew I was working for more than just a paycheck. And that's part of my why. Right now I'm in payments and I work for North American Bank Card and I do some other things. That's just the what that I have today to kind of have opportunities to share stories like this. But that's really like my passion is helping businesses understand that if you can move into a place to where your employees from the janitor, the CEO, 
everybody does the exact same thing once a day. Does not matter your title role or how much money you make or have. We all wake up, we swing our feet over the side of the bed and our feet hit the ground. And in that moment, those split seconds, we're either happy and excited to go do what we're gonna do or we're not. And purpose and fulfillment changes that. Yeah, no, no paycheck. Like you said, it's all rules, right? The paycheck is not the catalyst for what drives your motivation for that leg swing. You know, I think one of the things when you told me this story that spoke to me so strongly is you said it, but I want to synthesize it. You're selling linens. And yeah. as we think of B2B, there's all sorts of businesses that they're wearing. And you, you know, you look at your product and you're like, is this, is this making a difference in the world? And that moment where these owners shared this piece and you're connecting the value that you're bringing to a real event that is impactful. Correct. That completely changes everything, right? Yes. And I think the recommendation that we're bringing to the audience here is like, take a step back and like, you know, look at your product or service and find your, find that watershed moment yourself. It's going to help you get energized, feel good about what you're doing. And it doesn't have to be like, I'm literally saving the planet, right? It's, we save the planet in every little thing we do, everything from, you know, those linens to whatever business you're in. It's part of the mindset. And I just thought that was uh, such a great story. I'm glad you're able to share it here. Thank you. Yeah. All right. So we're about at the end of our time, but one of the things I've noticed about executives and people like fully engaged in the passion of life such as yourself is they always have recommendations for something that's inspired them. And I want to give you a moment to direct our audience to go to another podcast or a website or a TED talk or a book that you read or just a thing that, that is inspiring you today. Here we are in 2022, already January is in the books. Any place you'd like our audience to go look for that next bit of inspiration? Man, is it okay if I list a couple? Because what you're talking about here is I'm big on what I call challenging your inputs. Like, what are you putting into your life to help make you better? Again, that's part of that growth mindset perspective. Sure, I can cruise down the road and listen to music, or I can put on a podcast or an audiobook and actually grow while I'm behind the steering wheel, right? Or cutting the grass. So I want to mention one particular podcast, uh, Craig Rochelle's uh, Leadership Podcast. And so he's like, I kind of that whole every challenge, there's opportunity. He talks a lot about that. And so when I heard him saying, like, ah, I'm doing it, okay, this, this fits, right? And so I would definitely recommend his podcast for one. And then a couple books, Inside the Magic Kingdom, which is like the seven keys to Disney success, oh, one yeah. of my absolute favorite business books, Delivering Happiness, which is the Zappos story, and then Brains on Fire. So if you're in marketing and all of that stuff, Robin Phillips and her team's book, Brains on Fire, fundamentally kind of pulled pieces together. Again, things I was already doing, and it made a lot more sense. And I started looking at things as not just campaigns, but movements. And really started making some fundamental tweaks to my processes to build movements and not things that have a beginning and an end. That is great. By the way, I'm going to give a double thumbs up to the Zappos. I also found that fascinating. Yep. I think this has been pretty inspirational and great. I think everyone is is searching for meaning in business. So it's great to hear your own personal story, plus a little business, you know, plus a great anecdotal backdrop of like how to manage your personal energy. We covered all the things today. We came full circle. Um, so Keith, thank you so much to being on the podcast. Looking forward to talking with you again soon. Awesome. I hope we have another future conversation in this format. This is great. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Sunnyside Up. If you liked what you heard, please rate and review us and subscribe to our show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you consume podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube and Demand Based TV. 